How does the ecosystem of innovation and startups work in a continent where 18 million people enter the job markets every year? How can companies address the issue of skills mismatch? Can we use technology to solve the most pressing global issues? In this Better Monday podcast episode, Teemu interviews Jumanne, the CEO of Sahara Ventures. Hello. How are you? I'm Mambo. <laughs> <laughs> Where did you learn that bit of Swahili? <laughs> yeah, so uh, actually uh, one of my friends, mm-hmm. uh, as I talked earlier, yeah. so so he's actually mm-hmm. uh, doing business uh, mm-hmm. in Tanzania. So, okay. so, so I, I, I did <laughs> like to surprise you. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah, so, uh, okay. so how... how, how Hi everybody. So uh, this is Jumane Hamdeblaik mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. Tanzania, mm-hmm. and and this is a Sofocus podcast, mm-hmm. the Better Monday. Mm-hmm. And the topics we cover here is that uh, in Finland, in Africa, in whatever nation, mm-hmm. uh, what will make a better Monday for people, mm-hmm. and uh, how does different cultures, different mm-hmm. organizations mm-hmm. tackle the problems that mm-hmm. uh, they get like the best talents and mm-hmm. that they can keep the talents mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. let's go on with it. So yeah. my first is like a warming question. So <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, can you tell me a little bit about what, what makes a better Monday for Chumane, mm-hmm. for you? Oh, wow. So... Um, I'm a, I'm a 5 a.m. person, so I wake up very early, like any other entrepreneur. I'm living in a metro, Dar es Salaam is a metro, so it can be packed. The traffic can be crazy if you wake up late. So I wake up very early. Um, a better Monday for me is when I'm able to get into my office extreme early. I get a chance to listen to quiet music before I start to do my work. Uh, most of the time, my colleagues come into the office around 8. So um, a better Monday for me is when I'm able to go early, is when I'm able to finish most of my personal stuff before 10 a.m. in the morning. Um, I start most of my meetings around 12, uh, between 12 to 2.30 p.m. That's when I do most of my meeting. After that, I usually co-create, host co-creation session with a representative of some of our company blocks. So I do meetings with our event wing, our consulting wing, and most of the time our accelerator wing. So ideally for me, a good Monday is you wake up in the morning, you get to do all your personal stuff, your MIT, most important things in the morning. And then in the afternoon, you get to do your meetings. But at the same time in the evening, I, I run three days a week. So my Monday usually ends very early. Then I get to go home and do my stuff. So I feel um, a better Monday for me is when you're able to fulfill and do the stuff you like to do and do everything in time. So I know for a fact if I wake up morning, that Monday is messed up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can totally relate to that because yeah. <laughs> I, I also try to wake up uh, really early and and, mm. and usually uh, to me it's the most productive time of mm. the day if I can uh, mm-hmm. get up like five or six mm-hmm. or something like that so mm-hmm. I can totally relate mm-hmm. to that so thank you mm-hmm. so uh, 
my next question is that uh, who is Jumane? So so mm. who are you and where do you come from <laughs> and where do you live and 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 where do you work? So yeah. can you give a, like a little mm. bit of like a personal bio? Yeah. What what you have been doing? Mm. Where do you come mm. from and stuff mm. like that? So people will Great. know. Great. Um, so um, I'm coming from Tanzania. Tanzania is this amazing, beautiful country. Uh, if you've heard about Mount Kilimanjaro, if you've heard about Zanzibar, Zanzibar, Mount Kilimanjaro, Serengeti National Parks, it's a very beautiful place. It's a dream place for a place we want to go for safari. Um, I come from a very busy city of Dar es Salaam. I was born in town. I was never born in rural area. Um, I've been living there throughout my life. I've did went outside the country for a couple of years to do my undergrad. I'm a software engineer. I did my computer science and electronics uh, in India for a few years, and then I came back home. Um, on the other side, I'm an entrepreneur, a father. I have a small daughter and my beautiful wife. I spent most of my time trying to build the innovation ecosystem in Tanzania. I do host different events, co-creation session, I work and support startups and entrepreneurs. Uh, my personal manifesto, this is my personal value, I believe. Um, the best way to solve a problem is to build a business around it. So I feel if we can be able to build more for impact businesses, we can be able to support the community and get a better community. So that's human. I'm an entrepreneur, an innovator, a father, and a very lovely husband. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So uh, lots of lots of lots of really interesting stuff. So uh, mm-hmm. uh, we talked about before that uh, there's bunch of stuff you are doing. Mm-hmm. For example, uh, you you are uh, holding events. Mm-hmm. You do consultancy, and there's mm-hmm. also the venture one. So mm-hmm. uh, could you tell a little bit about those the event stuff? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we. We started the event in 2015. The event is called Sahara Sparks. Uh, for those who don't know Sahara, uh, there's a very big desert in Africa called Sahara Desert. And the countries below that desert are called countries in sub-Saharan Africa, and including my own country. And Sparks, you know the Sparks. Yeah. So the idea was, can we get the Sahara Desert to Sparks yes. to, to showcase what's happening there, to showcase the talents the young entrepreneurs, the innovators, the technology enthusiasts who are coming from there. Then hence the name Sahara Sparks. It's an event that we are doing annually. It's a platform that brings together entrepreneurs, innovators, technology enthusiasts. We do showcasing session, we do pitching session, we have panel discussions. So um, the event has evolved. It started in Tanzania, but right now we do event Uh, in different cities, in Nairobi, uh, in Kampala, in uh, in uh, in uh, in the long way, so in multiple African cities, and for the first time this year, we are doing in Helsinki. <laughs> 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 so, 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 I'm, I'm very excited to see what we're gonna learn. Uh, we have an event on Monday, and it's gonna be very exciting to see how the Finnish people, but also the the ecosystem, the entrepreneurs and and the investors in Finland get to. Um, engage with their African counterparts so that you can be able to build these synergies because entrepreneurship is a religion, you know. Yeah. Uh, we, we, we laugh, we talk because yeah. we're all entrepreneurs yeah. and that is very, very important. 
Um, so that is a, that is with the event. It's growing really fast. It's becoming a brand. It's a platform also for us to showcase what we do. But also on the other side, as I said, we have an accelerator. It's support post-revenue businesses in East Africa. We have a bit of a different model. We have what we call corporate-sponsored acceleration program, which we partner with corporate partners and development partners to run acceleration program to solve community problems most of the time. We have supported companies like uh, Agrobot, which is an artificial intelligence startup company which uses SMS technology to provide um, information on farm import for farmers. Uh, we have supported company like Dr. Helsa, which is a digital health assistant, uh, helping uh, doctors working in remote area using artificial intelligence to provide them with content and information. So it goes beyond just supporting startups. It's supporting startup companies that are creating impact. That is one of our um, direction. But the other one is the venture-backed. Venture-backed is literally getting investment and seed investment from uh, investors to support businesses in Africa. So that is the other thing that our accelerator does. And on the consulting wing, we just do innovation consulting and supporting corporate companies and individuals to work on their new business model, to think on the human-centered design, frugal innovation, and front-end innovation. So those are what the kind of stuff that, that, yeah. that we do with our company. Yeah, thank you. So uh, to me, uh, this all like is really, really close we are doing here at, at Finland mm-hmm. and in Europe and in the US, whatever. So so business design, service mm-hmm. design, mm-hmm. Uh, holding like uh, high-tech events and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But uh, uh, for our listeners out there, I think that they are dying to hear. So because, for example, here in Finland, mm-hmm. uh, there's a, like a war going on that and mm-hmm. who will get the best talents and mm-hmm. how do you keep those best talents so mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. what's the situation like mm-hmm. in Africa so mm-hmm. so what mm-hmm. what how do you see it so mm-hmm. uh, do you have like plenty of talents available or, mm-hmm. or uh, what's the environment there yeah that's a very good question so we all know um, Africa is the most useful continent Uh, I'm living in a country of approximately 55 million people, and the age average in my country is 17 years old. Yeah. Can you imagine? So that wow. is the age average of the nation. Yeah. And in Africa at all, 18 million young people are getting in the job market every year. Wow. Three times the size of Finland. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so so the, the, the biggest issue becomes now not availability of young people because the human capital is there. Yeah. The issue become the skills because now uh, you have a lot of young people who are coming in and the government, the private sector, is not yet able to um, swallow them all and provide them with jobs and everything. That is one problem. But the second problem is also uh, the gap in terms of skills mismatch. So technology is growing really fast and The universities, as much as they're trying to equip these young people with knowledge and skills, but there's a huge skills gap. So what's happening right now, few young people who are skilled enough to be able to catch up with the change in technology, these are the ones who are getting jobs. And sometimes it becomes very rare to get them because not so many have the relevant skills 
it is not that they don't have the skills, they don't have the relevant skills yeah. that can match make yes. with the fat, fast-paced change yeah. of technology. Yeah. So that that is the situation that we, we, we have there currently. But um, entrepreneurs are coming with solutions as usual. So you have mm-hmm. companies like Gebea, uh, companies like Andela, which is uh, some are working with Facebook, um, and they're looking to address this problem by creating different skills program, alternative to local universities. So they offer and teach skills on data science. They teach skills on coding. They teach skills on artificial intelligence. And also something interesting is happening with uh, big companies such as IBM and Microsoft. So Microsoft has the Microsoft for Africa program. IBM has the IBM Digital Nation Africa which is like this huge platform that equip young Africans with future skills. Um, coding, natural language processing, artificial intelligence, all these kind of stuff. So we see also an opportunity because uh, people want to seize that human capital, so they have to equip it with skills. So as much as we have issues and challenges right now to acquire the right skills, especially for the local innovation ecosystem, I see the future is bright because more and more young Africans are becoming taught and exposed to these new technologies and they can be able to um, provide the required human capital, not just for Africa, but for the rest of the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. thanks. So uh, how do you find uh, like good talents like for your operations, for mm-hmm. your companies mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. stuff you are doing. So, mm-hmm. so where do they come from? So from university or mm-hmm. from your events or, mm-hmm. or where, where do you find people? <laughs> <laughs> That's a very good question. That's a very good question. I think um, to me it's kind of easy. I'll tell you it's why it's kind of easy. Yeah. I work with entrepreneurs. I've been working uh, in the Tanzanian innovation ecosystem for the past 10 years. I told you I have a very strong connection with Finland. Yeah. So the first project I was working on was called Tans ICT. It was a bilateral project between the Finnish government and government of the Tanzanian. They, they, they signed a contract to build the Tanzanian innovation ecosystem in Tanzania to help support and do knowledge exchange. And I was the first Tanzanian to be hired. Okay. By that <laughs> <laughs> to be hired by yeah, that yeah, project. Yeah. So through that time, I've developed my career <laughs> as a person who works in the innovation ecosystem. So to me, it's kind of easy yeah. to identify yeah. talent because I work with startups. I have them in my events. Yeah. They come into my accelerator. It's very easy to spot a talent. Yeah. It's very easy to see uh, a, a young, energetic a uh, boy or girl who can yeah. actually add value to your to your yeah. company but for most of the corporate of course they follow the traditional approach they use either recruitment agencies or they yeah. use third party platforms to do screening and selection but for us most of the time is head hunting and we do head hunting through uh either volunteers who are yes. volunteering at our events or uh, young people who are just working on different startup companies and you feel they might not working in the right thing but they have the right attitude yeah, so you can yeah, bring them I, into your team I understand. so that is how we recruit yeah, yeah. yeah. that is also like uh, kind of familiar to me because mm-hmm. I'm an entrepreneur as well so so uh, and I have been like doing 
lots lots of stuff <laughs> since since 2000 so yeah. uh, so it it's it's really relatable so to me it, it translates to a way that uh you can either like sit back and use the traditional channels and, mm-hmm. and methods of like acquiring talents or you can mm-hmm. like uh, work real hard to like build your network and yeah. do lots of kind of stuff where you mm-hmm. can like uh, get more opportunities mm-hmm. to like mm-hmm. spot those new up and coming mm-hmm. talents yeah 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 um, how does uh, Sahara Ventures uh, mm-hmm. take care of, mm-hmm. of of your people as to say Ariam. Yeah, so what yeah. what kind of stuff you do? It's it's a, it's a very it's a very <laughs> nice question. So um first of all um again um, I'm not saying this because I'm in Finland but I've learned a lot about the working culture in Finland and people appreciate people which is very important. Um my first boss was a Finnish lady and she's still my mentor today. We are very good friends. I'll be visiting now when I go to Helsinki. And what I've learned is that, first of all, you should allow your employees to attain lifelong skills through lifelong learning. So we have created a platform for them to learn uh, through the massive open online courses. So we allow them to develop their skills through Coursera, EDX, Udemy, all these free platform that offer knowledge online so that they can be able to equip themselves with the skills and knowledge that can make them to become relevant. But also outside like those like formal uh, structure stuffs, we have things like Knowledge Sharing Wednesday where anyone can share anything new they have learned. And uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a one hour session where they learn how to present. We help them build their confidence. Of course, I'm coming from across the culture, especially uh, on the side of women. So promoting women and uh, empowering them is very important. So we organize this session where everyone present, everyone speaks freely. They communicate uh, whatever knowledge they have. They're being asked a question. They, ha- they clarify things. And that is very, very important because it helps to groom them as leaders of themselves. So that is one of the things we do. And Fridays are for parties and fun. We have something <laughs> called... <laughs> we have something... Um, we, have, we, have, um, we have something called Happy Hour. Every Friday, 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. Where we just do different games. We do African pop music. Uh, people have their drinks. We talk about casual stuff, family, and loosen up a bit. Um, and it's a very important culture because this is most of the time where we give each other like honest feedback, like, you know, I didn't like this, I don't think this is okay. Uh, it's, it's, it's that moment where we, we, we break the truth and we communicate. So the Knowledge Wednesday, um, uh, 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 um, the Happy Hour Friday, um, the platform to learn and grow yourself is very important. But as you said, you have this structure. You don't have this formal corporate structures to make decisions. We also kind of don't have them. We, we believe in um, people making mistakes and learning through their personal mistakes. Because, again, we're coming in a culture where uh, the biggest thing you can do is to fail. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, so we are trying to promote the culture of allowing people to fail and do mistakes so that they are able to try new things you know they're coming from families which tells them failing is a big sin you shouldn't fail you should be perfect every time and 
it creates a situation where they're very afraid to try new things. Yeah. So we're trying to break that in the yes. office. We're trying to tell them, you know what, come up with idea, try new things. And if it doesn't work, yeah. it's okay, but we have tried. So those are the culture and issues that we're trying to promote internally within our organization. And it's something also we communicate to our client, we communicate to our beneficiaries and people who are part of this community we're working with. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So uh, lots of lots of similarities <laughs> between like Sokokus culture mm-hmm. and Finnish mm-hmm. Finnish mm-hmm. culture, like mm-hmm. high tech company culture mm-hmm. and and your mm-hmm. company mm-hmm. cultures. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Uh, as you said, so uh, you have been working with uh, Finnish people <laughs> also, so, and and lots of other yeah, nationalities. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, so yeah. you have, have mm-hmm. some mm-hmm. some ideas there, but mm-hmm. uh, really really cool stuff. But but in little sense, not in a bigger picture. It is not like that in every company. I have to be honest. Yeah. So most of the companies they still operate in a very traditional yeah. way in the closed rooms, and most of the things I told you, these are some of the stuffs that we offer through our corporate innovation program. Like, hey, you don't have to be rigid. You have to be flexible. It allows people to think freely and come up with new ideas, break these barriers of this is a boss, this is a law employees. Ideas and innovative solution can come across 360 each yeah. angle. So yeah. that is what we're trying to pitch. Yeah. So it's still a big issue having this like open offices and everything in Africa because people still operate in a very traditional way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a very good point. And uh actually uh Believe or believe it or not, it's in in Finland. It's it's the same in a way. Mm-hmm. What I mean is that uh, whenever you come to the company like Sofocus, uh, mm-hmm. we are like uh, working in ways like mm-hmm. you. But mm-hmm. uh, there's a bunch of other companies here in Finland mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. are doing more traditional. And mm-hmm. and it seems that uh, this kind of transformation mm-hmm. that uh, people are working more with their brains mm-hmm. and digital stuff so mm-hmm. uh, they have to learn uh, how you can en- enable uh, people to have a kind of a flow mode mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and you can't force a person yeah. into yeah. it you you, yeah. you have to like uh, build an environment mm-hmm. and and it uh, it seems that uh, it's it's pretty much same kind of stuff works yeah. there mm-hmm, mm-hmm. than in Finland. It's it's mm-hmm. it's nice to hear. Mm-hmm. So uh, I really much liked your mission statement on mm-hmm. Sahara Ventures. So mm-hmm. it said that uh, your mission is to build a stable innovation, mm-hmm. technology and entrepreneurship ecosystem in Africa through mm-hmm. consultancy and investment. Mm-hmm. So uh, can you tell me more about this? Like uh, Uh, what I would be interested in is that, uh, like the, what is the role of the social and environmental responsibility at, at Sahara Ventures? Mm-hmm. So, so uh, how do you see that, and, and what kind of stuff you are like doing mm-hmm. on on those kind of subjects? Mm-hmm. That's a very that's a very good and important question. Um, One thing which is very, very important, things are connected to each other. Uh, I know there's a lot of discussion about climate change. It's a very important topic, and we we have to talk about it. But I think the biggest mistake is most of the time we we treat climate change as its own issue, but it's connected with so many other issues. It's connected with agriculture. It's connected with 
education is connected with health, um, is connected with people's social cultural background, so it's connected with so many things. So for us, first of all, what we're trying to do, we understand the role of technology in shaping any society. If you equip people with the right information to understand a certain kind of agriculture practice is bad for the environment, then you're directly impacting the climate change, if you're getting what I'm trying to yeah, say. Yeah. Because if they farm maybe in a traditional way, if they use chemical fertilizers for so, for so long, then eventually you know they destroy the soil, and eventually all this carbon emission ended up in ozone layer, and the rest is what we are talking about here. So what we are trying to do is, first of all, to show the role technology can use, can be used as a tool to address some of those things, especially in the agriculture sector. We were working with the, people, the Danish people on a project called eKilimo. Kilimo is Swahili for agriculture. So like um, tech for agriculture, agri-tech solution. And we're looking at solutions that can be used to impact the agriculture sector that can be able to improve how people cultivate in terms of encouraging them to do more precision farming, encouraging them to use more organic fertilizers, encouraging them to use technology in terms of how they manage the energy and the usage of water through IoT and things like that. So we feel you're impacting the agriculture sector, but most important, you're impacting the climate. Because if they still operate in the traditional way of how they cultivate, how they use fertilizer, indirectly they're affecting the environment. And this is happening. So instead of just thinking of climate change as a standalone issue, it's very much important to fix these bigger problems. Because 75% of the population in my country, they depend on agriculture. So you can imagine in a country of almost 55 million people, if you have 75% of the people depending on agriculture and they're not farming in the right way, what yeah. does that mean to the environment? Yeah. You're getting me. So it's very, very important. That's, so that's one area. The other area is, of course, uh, on educating people um, uh, the effect and the outcome of climate change. But when you just educate them with materials and videos and everything, that is not helping. You really have to tell them the consequences of whatever they're doing in a grassroot level in their day-to-day -day, um, life. If you tell them, you know what, you know that it was easy to predict rain season, but right now you can't predict. You know why you can't predict? Because of the climate change, things are no longer seasonal. When you expect the rain to come, the sun shine like hell. Burn yeah. all your plants, you know. And sometimes when you expect the sun's going to come out, it rain like hell. Yeah. You know, so, and then they start to be more conscious and understand about this kind of thing. So what we do as Sahara Ventures is literally using technology as a tool to address some of the most pressing issues, which I told you is, is my personal manifesto. Yeah. Using tech and business to address community problems. So that is how we connect technology yeah. and social issue to address these most complex societal issues. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. So uh, I think that's that's a really good point because uh, whenever somebody's talking about climate change, mm -hmm. it tends to like, uh, uh, it's so 
big of an issue mm-hmm. that you are like struggling that mm-hmm. I'm just the one person what can mm-hmm. I do or just mm-hmm. the one organization mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. Uh, I think that you just gave very practical tips mm-hmm. on how mm-hmm. organizations and, mm-hmm. and persons can help mm-hmm. them because uh, first you have to make people understand mm-hmm. and then you can uh, as you said give them like new Mm-hmm. better alternatives mm-hmm. to yeah. do stuff yeah. so so mm-hmm. uh, it's easier to do, do the right thing if you have a choice, a choice that you can you can mm-hmm. do the right thing mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. uh, that when you are doing the right thing so mm-hmm. of course mm-hmm. it, it, it makes total sense and, yeah. and also uh, it's it's good that you said that uh, I also believe that digital technology mm-hmm. and digital like uh, different kind of digital methods mm-hmm. are like one of the key things mm-hmm. like fixing the real really yeah. big problems mm-hmm. in the world mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. but you will have to like uh, create an atmosphere that uh, mm-hmm. people get motivated yeah. and they use yeah. this digital yeah. stuff yeah. Uh, and together we can like make these big challenges yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. a lot yeah. a, a lot Uh, lot smaller. Yeah, 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 yeah. I totally agree with you. I totally agree with you. Yeah. Okay. So we are getting pretty heavy here, heavy stuff <laughs> here. So so maybe lighten up a little bit. So mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Uh, the last thing I wanted to ask you is mm-hmm. that uh, name one happiness act uh, that makes a company a better employer than others. So it can be anything. Okay. Yeah, so <laughs> one happiness act, okay. <laughs> yeah. A practical advice for for the listeners. Yeah, yeah. I think um I, I was I was I was reading this book, One Minute Manager. And um, I usually read books so that I can be a better leader and try to boil down the culture to my team. I think One thing which can promote happiness within the organization is a culture of appreciation. It's very, very important to appreciate because naturally we are human beings and to be told and pat on the back like, hey, this was so good, it's very, very important. Most of the time, I think most of the company, they underestimate that. You just constantly give people work to do and you never get back to them and say, hey, you know what, that was amazing. And those basic, basic stuffs, because uh, where the world is going right now, and this is something really important the corporate needs to understand, people start to work for purpose. People are no longer working for money because they already have material thing. When someone comes to attend a good new job, already has a car, has a house, so you cannot promise them money anymore. They're looking for a bigger mission, for a bigger purpose. They want to work with people who appreciate them, appreciate their time. People are helping them to grow uh, emotionally, spiritually, professionally. It's no longer about just growing professionally, you know. Yeah. So I think um, appreciation and a culture of honesty can create this happiness and trust environment which is very important yeah 
Thank you. That that was a great answer. So mm-hmm. you actually gave a lot of tips. So mm-hmm. so first of all, you talk about purpose mm-hmm. that uh, people need something bigger, bigger. to believe in, yeah. to 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 get motivated, mm-hmm. to like wake up mm-hmm. early in the mm-hmm. morning mm-hmm. and and mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. solve really big mm-hmm. problems, mm-hmm. Uh, and also about like thanking mm-hmm. and appreciation and mm-hmm. uh, uh, and as I have been like talking with you so it has been a pleasure so you uh, I can totally say that uh, you you are yeah you can sense the appreciation when 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 you are interacting with people so yeah, yeah, so it's yeah, it's yeah. really 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 uh, really great to like see that you are living it to yourselves so, so you truly believe in yeah in that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. hey uh, Thank you, Chumane. Thank this you was, so much. This was my pleasure. And yeah. I think that our listeners got a lot of practical tips on how do you think, how do you do things in Africa. And, Definitely. And your, your like tips on Definitely. how to make uh, people's Mondays better. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. So, uh, After this, mm-hmm. I know that uh, you are also a speaker at the Shift yeah, event. Yeah, yeah. So, uh So let's let's continue from that and uh, catch you up later. Bye bye guys. Bye. Thank Bye-bye. you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Better Monday podcast. Enjoy the rest of your week.